when you had your first cup of coffee? How old was I when I had my first cup of coffee? Oh, I was probably rather young, but not a whole cup. I would take sips of it. My mom and dad would drink coffee. Yeah. And as a little kid, I would have a little sip here or there. And I always wondered, why do they drink that awful this stuff? This toilet water. And as, well, I did say that. But I'll tell you, Michael asked that question as the two of us are sitting here drinking coffee. Or sipping coffee. Hello, everybody. Hello, it's that time again for Podcast 23. The 23 Podcast. Oh, 23 Podcast. Oh, well, I asked we're, you. We're back. I asked you because uh, my daughter, Emery, she's three, uh, likes to smell my coffee in the mornings. And so this morning she wanted to take a sip, which I've let her take a sip before in the past, just a sip because I thought, well, she's going to taste it and think it's awful. So this morning she was smelling it. She loves to smell things. And uh, she said, I want some coffee. I said, you, you're not having my coffee. You don't even like coffee. I do like coffee. <laughs> I said, you're not having my coffee. Here's some orange juice instead. And the rest is history. So what did she drink? She had a little bit of orange juice. Wow, you can convince her that easily? Yes. She's, she's really three. Wait till she's 13. She's a saint in the making. Yes. No. Aren't we all? Yes. So okay. welcome to the 23 Podcast. It's good to be with all of you. We are just cruising through ordinary time. We are on to the fifth Sunday in and ordinary time. so my time. question for you today is... What? Did you take the confirmation name Uzziah? No, I took the confirmation name Michael because... That's your first name. It is. Our our confirmation coordinator, when I went through, encouraged that. And, and still... People take their baptismal names. Yeah, that, and we still do encourage that, that there's a link between the baptism and confirmation. And I think St. Michael the Archangel is kind of an epic saint, so why wouldn't I indulge in that? So your middle name is Archangel? My... <laughs> Just Ark. No, my middle name's Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. I, I. From what my mother tells me, there was a good solid three days in the hospital that I, I didn't officially have a name because she didn't know if I was Michael Brandon or Brandon Michael. So if I start calling you Brandon. I didn't, I'll answer really to anything these days. But I, you didn't I answer always, my question. It's not Uzziah. No, I did answer your question. Oh, it, you did say. Okay. It's not Uzziah. Well, we have King Uzziah in the first reading. In the year King Uzziah died... I saw the Lord seated on the high and lofty throne. We have one of my favorite passages. This from Isaiah? From Isaiah as the first reading. And one of my favorite passages from the gospel, Luke chapter 5. So we have a two of my favorite passages. Yes. This all is great. one Sunday. What a, what a weekend for you. So I'm going to prepare a different homily. I, I have two masses I'm preaching at, so I'm going to have a... Part one at uh, one mass and part two. It's like those, oh, that's those, great. those really long movies, you know, they're, they're like four, eight hours long or something like that. Yeah. You, you watch part of it and then you go out to dinner and you come back for the next part. It's like the 10 commandments. It's only like 12 hours long. Not really. No. How I, long was I, that? I saw that as a kid. That was about three, three and a half, four hours. I heard on, um, on Catholic radio when I was driving home Saturday night, there's a new movie about St. Paul coming out that I did hear about a film that. company did. Uh, and the guy, uh, Jim, is it Jim Caviezel? Is that his name that played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ? Yeah. He is playing, I believe he's playing Luke in this version, which that's going to be very confusing for us that see his face and think he's Jesus now. So I don't know why they went that route. That is interesting, but uh, with he might not look the same because The Passion was uh, 20 years ago already. That's true. Was it really that long? Close to it. Oh, wow. So, But I'm excited because we... Um, I think I mentioned on the podcast previously, Paul and I are getting together to get our confirmation. Speaking of confirmation, our summer 
camps together for confirmation. And we really want to take a look at Acts of the Apostles, particularly Paul, as he was traveling to all the different churches that he wrote to in the epistles. So, did, did I ever tell you when I got the assignment to start a new parish, the first thing I did was pick up Acts of the Apostles, and I said, I've got to, cool. read, I've got to read this as a guide to what to do. That's really cool. I just got a, um, you know, you can find anything on Amazon, so I just got a little scripture study on Acts from Amazon, and uh, I'm going to spend some time in, Good. in that during Lent, I think. Okay, now... But we're not in Acts today. No. Okay, The fir- this is the week for vocation in the real sense of the word vocation comes from vocare in latin which means the call now you're not saying officially this is the you're just saying that's kind of the theme in the readings that is the theme that presents itself it's not like red ribbon week i don't have to i don't have to read into a theme the theme is there right it's it's about isaiah being called to be a prophet that's the first reading Mm -hmm. and the apostles being called to be apostles in the gospel yeah so I'm going to talk about uh, Isaiah very, very briefly. Okay. Isaiah chapter six. Mm -hmm. And usually you'd think you'd start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. But in Isaiah, it starts at chapter six. So we we hear about the call to be a prophet in chapter six, not chapter one, which I find really fascinating. Well, what's in chapter one? The non-start. The... (laughs) No, the false start? It's not a false start, but it's almost like a, what would you call it? You know, um, a playback. You know, when you go into a story, you're watching a movie or TV show, yeah. and then they do a flashback oh, yeah. to like, well, this is how it got started. Yeah, so, shows are doing that more and more often, and you have to keep, you really have to keep track of, wait, is this present moment? Is this past moment? Is this future? Yeah. Or in books, they do that yeah, a they lot. Do that. Okay. Yeah. So chapter six, Isaiah has a vision. He doesn't see himself as a prophet. Most of them don't. They don't want to be prophets. We talked last week a lot about how we are called to be prophets. Yeah, we talked about Jeremiah, the first reading before I, uh, before you were born, I knew you in the womb. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about Elijah and Elisha. But this is Isaiah. And in chapter 6, he has the vision with all the angels and the seraphim. And they cried out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is filled with his glory. Where does that line show up? Every time we celebrate Mass. It is. The the Sanctus, the Holy, Holy, Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, comes from this passage. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say uh, Lord God of hosts, lots of people, much to my surprise, think of the Eucharistic host. Oh, yeah. But but it's not. It's more like a battalion of soldiers. It's a, yeah, it's or, like or a... Or of angels or whatever. Like a gaggle of geese. Well, I mean, we're not saying geese, but it's a grouping. A grouping. You know, people, this is a total side note. People, we, you know, we did. Well, you never do side notes. <laughs> we did the song Reckless Love last weekend. And I had quite a few people. So I'm just, I'm just setting the record straight right now. I really like the song. I do too. Which, which is much to my surprise, but I really do like it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. We're just going to keep moving. Okay. Uh, but people ask me the line in the refrain, uh, what does it mean to leave the 99? You mean they don't, they didn't know that? They didn't know the reference. Quite a few people asked me that. Uh, and they've asked me other times we've sang the song. So I always tell them, it's that reference to the shepherd leaving the 99 sheep to go find the one. And we're going to have that from Luke's gospel mm-hmm. in September of this year. Well, we'll be singing Reckless Love that weekend, I we guarantee plan it. to sing Reckless Love. It was actually fascinating. It was the, the passage from the gospel in 2001, mm-hmm. the Sunday after 9-11. Mm-hmm. 
and that's why I'm so certain it's the, always that weekend. And this is, we have a three-year cycle of readings, and that's 18 years ago, so this is like six times through <laughs> since 9-11. This is Catholic math. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Mm-hmm. And that's the vision of something holy. So when we sing the Sanctus at Mass, it's something holy. Mm. Now the second part, the Benedictus, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. That is not from Isaiah. That's that from... is from the New Testament. You'll find it in Matthew, find it in Mark. That is Palm Sunday. Jesus en- coming the, into the city. The triumphant entra- entrance into the city of Jerusalem. What I love about that moment of the Mass is what comes what what you say right before we lead into the sanctus is that we are joining the song already taking place in heaven it's like the roof of the church we, we join with all the angels yeah. as as they acclaim yeah. the word acclaim is used in every pref- preface i think yeah the second part the benedictus which i just said with the palm sunday leads into holy week when we have the holy thursday good friday and easter sunday mm-hmm. so every mass when we end the Holy Holy, we are leading ourselves into the Eucharistic prayer of the Last Supper, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. Yeah. So, so the, the singing the Holy Holy and the Benedictus, which is the second half, is extremely important. Now, I'm using the word Sanctus and Benedictus in English. It's the Holy Holy, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Before the Second Vatican Council, when we did the Tridentine Mass, those two halves were not sung together. Oh, they weren't? No, we would sing the Sanctus, and then we'd start the, the Eucharistic prayer. At that time, it was called the Canon of the, of the Mass. Mm. And then you go a little farther, and then you, would, uh, then you would sing the Benedictus, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I did not know that. And in one of the modern-day Eucharistic prayers, the one, one of the ones for children, mm-hmm. it's, it separates them again. Really? Yeah, so it's, it's uh, part of our, our tradition. It's not the oldest part of the tradition. That's why Vatican II put the two back together again. Yeah, I'm, I mean, but, for my but, whole life, I've, that's all I've known. Yeah, and your whole life is so long. You're so mean. <laughs> I can't, Did I you can't, hear that? I can't add I years not, to my life. I am not mean. No, you're not. You're, you're lucky to have me around. I, you're I, not going to have me to kick around forever. <laughs> I don't want to kick you. Okay, now let's talk about the gospel. The gospel is Luke's version of Jesus calling Peter, James, and John as his disciples. Love this. Apostles. But it doesn't start, you know, in God, in Gospel of Matthew, Jesus walks along the shore and they're cleaning their nets and he says, come follow me and I'll sure. make you fishers of men. Yeah. There's so much more drama in Luke. It starts off, first of all, the whole crowd is there. It's like Luke is a small teenage girl. No offense to any that teenage kind of drama? girls. That no, are, I'm not talking about that drama. <laughs> I oh, apologize. I, I didn't even follow you on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get an email on I, that I, one. I think I need to hold you down so, a little bit today. <laughs> take, take that coffee away from him. This is decaf, I promise. Okay, so the crowd was pressing in on him. So he get, takes the boat. He goes out a little bit from shore and he preaches. Now we talked about that at the Bible study this morning. Why did he go out on the water? Two reasons. One is so that they wouldn't push up against him and he'd have a little distance. Sure. The second one is sound travels well on water. He didn't need a microphone. He didn't need a microphone. Nor could have he so have last, had one. So like last week when my microphone got shut off for me, I should have just had a big <laughs> pond of water to yell across. <laughs> just remember, somebody always has power over us even when we're yeah. the one in charge. Yeah. And so it wasn't me. It wasn't you. It was, it was technology with a capital T. Technology. 
Never mind. Okay. I, I digress. You again. Okay. So he teaches. Then he says to the apostles, go out into deep water. Keep that word deep. Go out into deep water mm -hmm. and throw down your net nets for a, a catch. Are we going to read this or are you going to just paraphrase? Today? I'm paraphrasing. Okay. I'm telling the story. I'm, it's an incredible story. I'm, in, I'm listening. And what does Simon Peter say? You, you, this is the part. You can, you can read it if you don't know it by heart. He says, Master, we've worked hard all day and have caught nothing. No, he didn't say that. He, he did. No, he didn't. Okay. What did he say? <laughs> what did he say? He said, we've worked hard all night. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. That is... <laughs> Oh, we should just start this show over. Master, we've worked hard all night and have caught nothing. Okay, because I knew that my que next question is, why did they fish at night? Why did they and, fish at night? And don't say because the fish are asleep and they're easier to catch. Because it's probably cooler? Sometimes of the year, but the main reason is they did not catch fish just to feed themselves. Oh, they so they were fish to take to the market, which could and sell the during the day. Marketplace opens first thing in the morning, that so you sense. fish all night, and you can take your your fish to the market and sell. It. Have yeah. you been to open air markets like when you went to uh, Guatemala? Yes. Oh, it was a wonderful experience. I, I just love that. Uh, don't go by the meat. Uh, if you go by the the meat hanging in the sun with the flies, oh, it was a totally different you, experience. You, you, you'll become a vegan. After it's that. what drove me to veganism. No, <laughs> it wasn't that soon, but. Um, yeah, it was an incredible experience of just a different, diff, totally, you know, we're used to Kroger, Meyer. I yeah. mean, we click list in our family. We don't even go in the store anymore. They just bring it out to us. So to be able to walk through the street and, and it was really cool. And all you the know, that that is, I don't make it a requirement when we go to Guatemala, but I always tell people Tuesday is market day. Yeah. And I say, I'm getting up early. I love to walk through the market before they even open as they're setting up the stalls. Sure. And almost everybody joins me every year. And then. In recent years, we've gone back later because maybe we've been asked to find a family. Well, they give us the names of families and the needs. And so we go to the, we go actually shopping. Mm -hmm. we, we get stuff from the market. We, we get uh, rice and maybe we get uh, corn. Mm -hmm. We get the different things that they're going to need uh, for food on their table. That's great. It, it, it's really fun. And I can still hear, I, as I close my eyes, I can still see it in the vivid colors and the sounds and the smells. And beautiful bright colors, especially yeah. most of, for the people out there, we're going to Guatemala uh, in a week and a half, actually by uh, March, um, February 15th. So uh -huh. Friday the 15th, we fly down. But we are in one of the Mayan villages. They are the Quechacal Indians. Mm -hmm. The next village over is the, also Mayan, but they are Sutuil. And if you're smart enough, you can look at the the garb that they wear, and mm -hmm. you can tell which village they're from. Really, I'm not smart enough. Well, you haven't been down there as often as I. Have. That's true. <laughs> now, the the men, the Sutu men, still wear the traditional garb. Uh huh. Uh, the Ketchikan men wear blue jeans. You know, they're they're more westernized. It's traditional American garb. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so so they've fished all night. And caught nothing. And Jesus says, are you going to listen to me or not? Yeah. No, he doesn't say that. But <laughs> if you stop to think about it, they are the expert fishermen. Jesus is not a fisherman. Right. And they know he's not a fisherman. Right. He tells them, go out into deep water. You don't usually catch the fish in deep water. The fish are on the shoals. You know, like they, they kind, of get, kind, of, kind of congregate where there is a little... Uh, shelter of some sort. They're not just out there in the deep water. And to set some context to this, I mean, we're in chapter, what did we say, five of Luke now. So Correct. it's not like 
it's not like um, these men, do these men have any familiarity with Jesus yet? Or this is their first encounter with him? Or no, it's not the first encounter. There's the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Sure. In chapter three or four. So it's not, you know, they already kind of know him, but they're, they know of the things that are happening, yeah. the events that are surrounding people him, what him. people are Just saying. Just like last week when he was in Nazareth, they said, uh, to do the things here that we have heard that you've done in Capernaum. Sure. Of the apostles, most of them live around Capernaum. So they put their nets in, as Jesus says. And there's symbolism in the word deep. I told you, have you ever been in deep water? You're like, oh, I'm in over my head. Call my wife. You can ask her. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about risk. They were probably non-swimmers. Go out into deep water where there are no fish. Yeah. Come on. You're crazy. What are you doing? We've already been fishing. We're tired. Let us go. Let us go home. Sure. But they do it as an act of faith and certainly respect for Jesus. And then guess what happens? Jesus was right. Uh, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. So now they had two boats out there. They filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. That's a lot of fish. That's pretty cool. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Now, that's an, another thing you don't find in Matthew's gospel. This is where Peter is also confessing that he is not worthy of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. that there has to be a change of heart. And that says, For astonishment at the catch of fish had made... Had, that they had made seized him and all with him. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So I love that name. Zebedee or oh, ja James and John? Zebedee. That's Zebedee. such a cool name. Okay. I wish that was my confirmation name. They were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, I love this line. Do not be afraid. Be not afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. Now, what does my, Matthew say and what does Mark say about this passage? Jesus said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Mm -hmm. You know what the, those say? They said, they left their nets. They left their father. Here it says, they left everything. Everything. The gospel of Luke is the gospel of complete renunciation. And drama. You said drama earlier. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, I said this was a dramatic passage. Right. And it is dr dramatic. Yeah. That's why we acted it out so well. It was, I mean, really, the the Oscar Academy is calling. Yeah, you got to get the fish off the floor. Right yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I'm really excited for this weekend. We're doing a, a new song this weekend called Be Not Afraid. No, that's not it. That's and not a I new say song. It ends with, Here I am, Lord, send me. Also, not a new song. Okay. Uh, but this one is called I'll Follow You Anywhere. I like that. Uh, and it's the whole sentiment that where, wherever you lead me, wherever you call me, all I want is you, Jesus. All I want is you. I will follow you anywhere that you... I will follow you. That's not it either, no. Uh, <laughs> but I, when I heard it for the first time, I, it really it hit me in a spot where I feel like I'm at spiritually, where I just like crave to really hear the Lord's voice in my life and, and follow what he desires me to do. I think the following is a very, very legitimate emphasis. The other emphasis, though, is the risk involved in following. You leave everything. Now, we know they didn't give up fishing. They kept on fishing the rest of their profession until they became 
active apostles, missionaries mm-hmm. after Jesus' death and resurrection. But they, they're fishermen, so they didn't give up everything in that sense, but they left it behind right then and there, which is pretty symbolic. Yeah, They went out into deep water where they were taking a risk. I find this really fascinating where we read this right before we go to Guatemala. In fact, we're commissioning the, the team at the uh, 11 o'clock mass. Mm-hmm. Those who are going down are going to be commissioned at mass. We're going to go down. Uh, it's metaphorically into deep water. We don't just talk about things. We actually go out and do something. Is there a risk? Yeah. Is it big? No. I want family members who are listening. Be not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, you know, when we were down there, and it's been eight years now, I think, since I've been there, um, I never felt in danger or anything like that. It was just a really, really neat experience of, you know, reaching out to uh, a totally different culture that I, I was. Even more than that, and again, no pun on the phrase of deep water, but being immersed. Yeah. You're being immersed into the culture, into the people, and learning to pray differently because they pray differently, learning to really celebrate liturgy. Yeah. Uh, the marimba at Mass was by far one of my favorite experiences down there. Last last year I watched the guy who played marimba also played guitar and also played keyboard. And he was also the priest. No. no. <laughs> oh, my fa- I my missed fa- that one. My favorite is always on Wednesday night we go up to the village of San Andres. They have very little electricity there, but by the time Mass is over, the, the chapel is dark. Yeah. But we go up there, and as we drive up, somebody climbs into the bell tower and r- manually rings the bells, and that's when the people from the village come up for Mass. That's really cool. Well, this week, let us continue to follow Jesus wherever he leads us, and uh, we'll see you this weekend at Mass. Good things are happening. We hope you are having a great week. God bless.